Hi, welcome to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, and joining me today is Kevin the High. He is a success coach who has used his own personal struggles to overcoming personal issues from battling a chronic illness, anorexia, to overcoming anxiety and depression. Now today, we're discussing how to get what you deserve, transforming low self-esteem to self-acceptance, and how to build a daily routine to combat anxiety to operate at an optimal level as well. Life is too short. Trying to run a business and balance what you love. I'm your host, Brittany Parks, a former corporate marketing drone and certified life coach turned mompreneur who got fed up with the mom guilt that comes from trying to have the perfect work-life balance. Why can't we have a fit life and a fit business? I'm here to make it easier to be your own boss and enjoy your life. Tune in every Thursday for new episodes. We're going all in with interviews with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, risk takers, coaches, and side hustlers, along with solo episodes with yours truly to provide actionable tools, tactics, processes, and even case studies so you can discover how to create, maintain, and or grow a total fit lifestyle you deserve. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Welcome to the show, Kevin. I'm so grateful to to make the connection with you. Yes, and I'm so glad to have you here. Now, Kevin, so many of us are looking for success and we're looking for what we deserve. Can you first define to us the true meaning of success and how we can get what we deserve? Man, that's a loaded question. So first of all, the definition of success, I think everybody has their own definition of success. For some people, it is I can do what I want, when I want, with who I want. So some people define success as freedom, basically, the freedom to do what you want, when you want, with who you want. Other people define success as having a meaningful life in terms of having a family, having children, having a roof over your head. I define success in one word, which is fulfillment. And I think a really important distinction is that we often conflate achievement with fulfillment. We often think that as long as we achieve a lot of things, that therefore we will be fulfilled and therefore we will be successful. So we go out and we build these businesses and we try to build up our resume and all of that is fantastic. And yes, all of that makes you successful in one sense of the word success. But for me, even though I want to have a successful business and I want to be wealthy and all of those things, so much of success has to do with a feeling of being fulfilled personally, professionally, spiritually, emotionally. And a feeling of fulfillment means that you're contributing to other people's lives. You love what you do. You feel enough. You feel like you have the things that you want and deserve in your life. Again, fulfillment for me and success for me is not just about achievement. And I hope that's something your listeners will be able to understand and relate to because I know that your audience is very business oriented and uh, it's a lot of entrepreneurs out there. And I just want to remind people that you can achieve everything in the world, but if you're not fulfilled, are you truly successful? It's very interesting when you think about the word success and we define ourselves as being successful. However, if we can have all of these things and all these things that we think that define success itself, but if we aren't fulfilled, we are not successful. So I could not agree with you more. I haven't forgotten the second half of your question, which is how do we get the things we deserve? I'll be sure to address that in a second, but I can remember when I was in college, 
and it was the darkest time of my life. I was battling an incurable disease. I was anorexic. I was depressed. I was anxious. Here I was, I had a 4.0 and Mm -hmm. I had a job and I had an internship and I was making money while I was the least happy, least fulfilled, most depressed, most dysfunctional person on the planet, basically. So it's like I had all these accomplishments and I was maintaining this facade of being successful when I wasn't doing drugs and I wasn't messing around and I was trying to follow the rules of success, but I had no fulfillment in my life. And the emotional condition of my life was just totally in the toilet. Exactly what you said, if there's no fulfillment, then it's not true success. Yes. So the concept of what we deserve is a very tricky one because your mom and your best friend and people who love you in your life have probably been telling you your, your whole life, oh, you deserve the best and I want the best for you. And it's if some guy breaks up with you, you're like, they all tell you, oh, you don't, you deserve so much better than oh, Or like you get rejected by a job offer, you get fired. The first thing someone says is whatever, you deserve better anyway, right? And I would love to say and believe that's true. But unfortunately, the truth is that in my book, you deserve what you give. Mm -hmm. And if you want to get the things that you think you deserve, then you have to level up in the amount that you give. So for the- That's Kevin, hold on. Say that again for the people in the back. Sure. (laughs) If you want to get the things that you think you deserve, then you have to level up in the amount that you give. So whether that's in relationships or friendships or business or working on your body or whatever, yes, you deserve to have a good relationship. You deserve to make money. You are worthy of having the body you want. You are worthy of starting the business that you want. But you don't deserve it because a magic genie is going to come down with a bottle and grant your three wishes or because your mama loves you. Hmm. The only way you deserve it is if you give your all, is if you invest yourself in that thing. And the more you invest yourself, if you have truly given your job, your relationship, your friendship, your body, whatever it might be, 110%, and you give it consistently and you give more and you level up personally, professionally, intellectually, spiritually, physically, if you are leveling up, then yes, you get to say, I deserve to reap the rewards of this amount of giving. But if you're sitting on your ass and not really giving these things in your life your all, then who said you deserve the best? Why do you deserve the best? If Just because you're entitled to the best or because you're pretty or because people think you're a nice person or whatever? No, that doesn't cut it in my book. It's kind of like in business, they, they say that anybody who says success comes overnight has never really achieved it. It's because those people had to give their all to their business day in, day out for years before they really deserved to make the money and to have their Mm -hmm. glow up moment. So that's my rule of thumb. And it's very empowering and it's very liberating because you realize that as long as I give more, give more of my time, give more of my intellect, give more of my love, give more of my effort, then there's really no limit to what I should receive in return. Mm -hmm. Receive from God, receive financially receive in business, there's no limit to what I deserve as long as I'm the one who is doing the giving and the investing first. Yes, yes. And we give unselfishly. We give not looking to receive, but we just give, right? Exactly. That's how you that's how you receive. If you give with the expectation of return, then people can sense that and it's a turnoff to them. But if you give because you're committed to your growth or because you want to contribute positively to someone else's life or to your own development and you're giving it because it's really coming from an authentic and genuine place in your heart, then 
I do believe you will receive tenfold. Yes, I agree. That is good stuff. Oh my goodness. I love it. Okay. So studies say that 85% of the population suffers or has suffered from low self-esteem. Now with low self-esteem, we know a lot of times anxiety comes along with that, right? Tell us, because we're looking at a worldwide population of 284 million people who are suffering from anxiety. Now with those numbers, we've got to deal with this. Having low self-esteem and having high anxiety are usually two things that go hand in hand, as you say. And I have found that the more you your self-esteem increases, the less anxious you become, specifically because you become more comfortable with yourself. And as you become more comfortable with yourself, the effect that this has, the sort of inversely proportional relationship that this has to anxiety is really a feeling of unease and worry about an imminent event, something on the horizon line. What's going to happen with my mom or what's going to happen with my relationship or am I going to be successful? We have this sort of like this feeling of just not being at peace, brewing about usually some situation or some event that hasn't even happened yet. And as your self-esteem increases and as you become more comfortable with yourself, usually the positive byproduct is that your anxiety decreases because what happens is your subconscious goes, I am so comfortable with myself that no matter what happens, I will be okay. Therefore, I don't have to be as anxious. There is no need for me to feel as anxious about whatever that future event might be because I'm cool. I can handle it. Now, how do you actually increase your self-esteem? Yes, and change it, transform it from self-esteem to actually self-acceptance. Okay, so this is a two or three step process depending on how you consolidate them. The first step is always that you have to do an inventory of your life. And you gotta ask yourself these four or five questions. One of them is, how do I spend my time? What do I do all the time? What do I do every day? The second is, who do I spend my time with? Who are the people that I am spending or wasting my time hanging around. The third is how am I treating my body? What am I putting into my body? Am I eating crap? Am I smoking pot? Am I drinking a ton? So forth and so on. The fourth is what are my romantic relationships? What's the quality of my romantic relationships? Am I going on dates and having relationships with people who are really bad for me? Am I having a bunch of loose sex everywhere, et cetera? And the fifth question is how do I talk to myself, right? What is going through my mind all day long? So you do this audit of your life and the answers to these questions will tell you how high or low your self-esteem is. For example, if you have negative self-talk all day long, if you are putting crap into your body and using drugs and alcohol as a way to cope with your problems, and you've got loser friends who don't inspire you, then you have a self-esteem problem. On the other hand, if you're taking great care of your body, if you enjoy what you're doing with your time, you enjoy the people that you're doing these things with, so forth and so on, then you might have high self-esteem in some areas, but low self-esteem in other areas. So first you do like a tax audit of your life. Now, after you've done the audit, asking yourself these questions and and getting a good idea of where your self-esteem is at, step two is the things that you don't like, you have to change them. You can't just accept them. You can accept yourself and accept who you are at your core, which we'll get to in a second. But if you are really unhappy with your body, for example, your self-esteem is not going to magically rise overnight. You got to change your body because we build self-esteem through esteemable actions. If you're really unhappy with your job and you hate the way you spend your time all day long, then you have to go get a job that you are actually happy with and you feel like that it's, you feel that it's fulfilling. 
So again, you're building self-esteem by changing your actions through more esteemable actions. So that's step two is the things that you don't like become a workhorse and commit yourself and dedicate yourself to changing them because then you get different results in your life and you say, wow, I love these results. I'm, I'm so proud of myself that I was able to accomplish this. And that actually makes your self-esteem go way up. Now there's a step three. Yes. Just to make sure I cover all ground. Step one is take a full inventory asking yourself those five questions. Step two is the things you don't like, you got to change them because you build self-esteem through esteemable actions. Now, step three is there are certain things about who you are that even if you want to change them, you will never be able to. Mm. And this is where the acceptance part comes in. Yes. Let me give you an example. I am a very sensitive, tender man. And when I'm in my relationships with women, as I said, I'm sensitive. I'm like a big teddy bear. I can never be that macho guy who like doesn't care and like sleeps with a girl and never talks to her again. That's just not me. And I spent years trying to change that. I spent years trying to become something that I'm not. Gotcha. And it's, it's if you're really good at reading and writing, but you're just terrible at math, your brain just doesn't really work with mathematical equations the way it does with language. Right. So there are certain things about who you are at your core that you have to surrender to them and accept them and love them. The most confident I ever became was when I said, you know what? I'm a little bit needy in my relationships. I'm a little bit attached in my relationships. I'm a little bit more sensitive and tender than maybe the next guy. And that is okay. And that doesn't mean that there's anything wrong with me. Right. And learn to love that part of who I am as a man and who I am as a person. Yeah. So maybe you, Brittany, maybe you as a person, you're shy. You're not, but just as an example. <laughs> right, right. Maybe you're just more quiet. You're more reserved. You're more shy. And like you kill yourself to go out there and change it, right? right? But that just might be who you are. That just might be a part of your core, the way you were born, a fixed part of your personality that instead of fighting it, which is wasted effort. Just accept it. Right? Yes. But I don't want- I'm extremely want... goofy. Okay, so that's good. <laughs> and you know? I love it. I love it. My people are my people. You know, I love it. But just so you know what you were just saying, now you're going to have a ton of my audience flooding me saying, okay, who's a sensitive guy? I'm looking for him. They're going to look for you. <laughs> That's funny because it's just, girls are always saying that they want a bad boy until they actually get the bad boy. And then they're like, nah, I'm not, I'm not about this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but look, yeah, I don't want to undermine the importance of step two, which is change the things you don't like. I don't want that to come into contradiction. It seems like on the one hand, I'm telling you change yourself. On the other hand, I'm telling you accept yourself. And what I'm saying is if there are things about your life that you don't like, then change them. If there are things that you are doing that you're not proud of, then change them. But that's very different from things about who you are as a mm. person, as a human being, your personality traits, your characteristics. Those are things that you have to accept and you can't fight them and change them. I just want to make sure I'm clear on that distinction. You're very clear. Yes. Cool. Okay. So guys, I want to know what you're thinking. So we're in the interactive segment of the show. So if you're listening in real time, please go to the IG stories at the Total Fit Boss Chick, and we're going to have this poll question posted. Have you ever suffered from anxiety or low self-esteem? And if you aren't listening in real time, no worries. Check the IG highlights for the responses to the poll questions, and you can still weigh in. Kevin, you have given some huge concrete advice as to what we can do to go from low self-esteem to self-acceptance. 
Now, I have another question for you kind of dealing with that. Tell the audience some of your struggle that you've had with anxiety. Yeah, basically, I was always a really anxious kid from the time I was very young. I used to have migraines and I used to throw up all the time because I was just a very worried, nervous child, even in elementary school. And sometimes anxiety is hereditary and has to do with genetic and neurochemical factors things, the way that your brain is, is wired and stuff like that. But sometimes anxiety is environmental, meaning things that you've grown up around or things that you've seen, things, factors in your environment trigger or exacerbate your anxiety. I didn't really, I started getting panic attacks and things like that when I was around 19, 20, going through my, my darkest times. But if you're an anxious person, and, and I really think that people in our generation, people in their 20s, 30s, 40s, have a lot of undiagnosed anxiety. When it's, I, I think that it's a pretty serious epidemic. It is something that is just like driving on a flat tire. It only gets worse. You get through the rubber, then you get onto the metal, and then eventually it blows up and the whole car is a total loss. So anxiety is not something that just goes away by itself. It's something you have to learn the tools and the strategies to be able to manage every day. Gotcha. So knowing that, how can we build a daily routine that helps combat anxiety in order for us to operate at our optimum level at all times? And then that means across the board in our spiritual and our financial and our relationships, how can we be at our highest level? Sure. So I'll give you a protocol that I give to all of my clients that I've tested this over the years on myself, on other people. I've tried all kinds of different approaches and I'll tell you what seems to work best for me and, and for the others that I've worked. It's a morning routine and an evening routine. So first thing is, first thing when you wake up, you turn off your alarm, do not look at your phone. Don't look at your texts, your emails, social media. For the first hour that you are awake, your phone should be non-existent. Now, I think your morning routine should contain a few different elements. One of them is something spiritual, whether that is prayer or reading some scripture, if you're religious, or meditation. I do prayer and meditation every morning. I do too. Okay, that's beautiful. And that's why you're so productive and <laughs> such a boss. Yeah, thank you. The first, 15, first 20 minutes of my day are 20... 20 minutes of meditation followed by 10 minutes of prayer. The second element that I think it should, your morning routine should include is some kind of physical movement. I hate doing my workouts in the morning, but I will go for a walk with my dog for just 15, 20 minutes just to get some endorphins moving and breathe the fresh air. But if you want to do some yoga or a full workout in the morning, that's great. And then the third element that I like to include in my morning routine is some type of me time for me, that is, I like to journal while I'm eating my breakfast. So I make breakfast, I make myself a little cup of tea or whatever, some hot water with lemon, and I sit there and I eat my breakfast and I journal or I write out my tasks for the day or I might watch an inspirational video or I might read my book. So some type of me time. So I've got, I wake up, don't check my phone, which is essential. I do some sort of physical activity, do my meditation or my prayer or both. And then I've got at least 10 minutes of just being by myself, eating my breakfast before I start my day. So that whole routine takes me about an hour, then I'm ready to kick ass. And then the evening routine is I always tell people a couple of things. First of all, same as the morning, for the last 30 minutes or hour before you go to bed, 
do not look at your phone. No social media, no texts, no emails. So if you go to bed at 11 p.m., your phone goes to bed at 10 p.m., right? You put it away and put it in another room. And the second thing is it is essential that you stop work at a certain time. And after that time, there is no, I'm going to stop working at seven, then I'm going to eat dinner for half an hour, then I'm going to go back to work. And I know that a lot of your listeners are very hard workers, up and coming entrepreneurs are already successful entrepreneurs, and that can lead itself to being a workaholic. Yes, I agree. But in the evening, if you stop working at 6 p.m., that is when you stop working come hell or high water. And that is a great way to keep your anxiety in check and just put everything away and spend the rest of the evening with yourself, with friends, eating good food, reading, watching TV, whatever it is that you- You are so on point. I love it. I love it. That's my morning routine and my evening routine. And that's what I have found tends to work best for people. There are a million different variations, but those are just some guidelines. You got to work what works for you and, and your schedule. Without a doubt. Okay. So I am so excited to invite you into our mentoring moments segment. Now our mentoring moments segment is, it's just a question that I ask you that you can just inspire and help others because we just need more mentors. Don't you think? I love it. I love the mentoring moment. I might have to steal that phrase, but I'll give you credit. Thank you. Okay. So with that being said, I'm going to ask you a question and you just give us your best answer. Okay. So Kevin, when you were at your roughest, toughest spot, when you were at your lowest, what advice would you have wanted someone to give you right then? All right. This is going to sound harsh, but this is truly the most loving and best advice I would be able to give someone in that spot. And I wish somebody had given it to me, which is, I am so sorry that you're at your lowest point and I have complete faith that it's going to get better but ain't nobody going to help you. This is your responsibility. It's not your fault. And I'm so sorry that you're here, but you have the power and the the ability to clean up this mess and turn your life around no matter what's going on. You have the power. You can do this, but really it's up to you and only you. Your life, your problems, where you're at right now. Again, it's not your fault. You don't need to beat yourself up about it, but no one's going to change it for you. No one's going to raise you. Mom and dad are already, you're already out of the house. You're not 12. This was a lesson that I learned when I was like 25. And I wish that somebody had taught me this in my darkest moment and taught me this even before that when I was in school. And so it sounds mean for me to say, Brittany, that's on you. And I don't mean it that way. I don't mean I don't care. I don't have compassion. Mm -hmm. But really what I mean is I can love you and I can give you my support and my compassion. But if you want to get through your health challenges or your emotional challenges or your business challenges or whatever, who you are your biggest ally. You are the only one, not even your doctor. If you don't show up to the doctor, he can't help you. No one is going to raise you. No one can do it for you but you. Yes. You have to walk to the water to drink it, right? You have to get there. You have to take the drink. Yeah. Yeah. And it's hard to hear. I know people are out there suffering and they're in pain and I wish... I could take their pain away and put it on myself. But it's also empowering and liberating to hear because the message that I want to send from here to there to the heavens is if you believe that this struggle is yours to turn around, and if you believe that this is your responsibility, then you have the ability to change it. Like as soon as you accept that this is your life and your responsibility, now you can change it. Now it's no longer up to bad luck or coincidence or anything like that. So 
you can do this, but it has to start with you. And I wish someone had told me that when I was at my rock bottom, because I was sitting there thinking, why does God hate me? And why am I so unlucky? And why is my life this way? And this is so terrible. And I didn't learn till much later on that so much of turning it around was in my own hands. You're so right. I love this conversation. You have been so amazing. Thank you so much for coming onto the show and giving us your insight and giving us a piece of you. We totally appreciate it. Now, I know our listeners want to know how they can get in touch with you. Can you tell them how? Yes, of course. The best way is just to send me a message on Instagram. It's just my name, Kevin, K-E-V-I-N-A-H-A-I. I will always respond and please give me a follow and I'll be in touch with you. And I also have a YouTube channel. It's my name, Kevin High, but I'm a lot more active and responsive on my Instagram. So please reach out anytime. Perfect. Well, thank you. And thanks for again for coming on the show. For having me. God bless you. As always, thanks for listening. And if you got value out of the show, please show us some love and rate us by going to ratethispodcast.com backslash total fit boss chick. You're listening to the Total Fit Boss Chick Podcast. Bye for now.